0: Listen to Pastor Francis for the unadulterated word of God. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Unraveling mysteries. And preaching Jesus Christ. As God Almighty. Today's message. Amen. We have a father in God. Some people say God is not their father. I pity them. I wonder who they want to be their father. They think by saying God is not their father... They are showing God respect. They are annoying God. Because when your son disowns you, how do you feel? We will not disown our father. Praise the Lord. Today I'm speaking on the responsible father. The responsible father. When Jesus was teaching us to pray, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, he said, After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So you see, those who know their Father is a responsible Father, they hallow his name. They praise him. They celebrate him. They make him feel proud that he has them as children. Those who don't see God as their Father, They also have problems seeing their father as their father. Praise the Lord. Am I saying something at all? The Bible says, he that has ear to hear, let him hear. God is our father. Somebody say, God is my father. And it's not just our father. He is a good father. He is what? A good father. In James chapter 1, verse 17, the Bible says, every good gift and every perfect gift comes from God. You understand? So if God is my father and every good gift and every perfect gift comes from him, then he's a good father. Isn't it why we are gathered here? All the prayers we are praying, is it not because our father in heaven should do something for us? We have confidence in him. He's a good father. Every good gift, every perfect gift, it's from above and coming from the father of light. In whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So he's a father of light. And he gives good gifts to those who ask for it. You know, one thing about good fathers is that they act like shepherds to their children. And that's why Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You see, when the psalmist was writing, he was writing with joy. The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He restoreth my soul. He maketh, you know, he was so excited. He said, "Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? My Father is always with me." And then, when he was finishing, he said, "Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life." Why? The Lord, my Father is my shepherd. Hallelujah. When God is your father, then you have a good shepherd guiding you. Is somebody hearing me? And the shepherd will ensure that you don't near where danger is. That's why when you sleep, you sleep like a baby. Why? Because there is a good shepherd. Now, when we say the Lord is my shepherd, we have no personality behind the person who is the Lord. Are we saying something? But Jesus came around in John chapter 10, verse 11, and then he put himself in that position and even added good to it. Remember, our father is a good father. And he said, I am the good shepherd. John chapter 10, verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I am a good shepherd. So what is Jesus saying? I am your father. If you have a good father, this is how your feeling will always be. You will feel confident, both earthly and and heavenly. If you have a good father on earth, you feel confident in town. Don't you feel so? I had a good father. He's no more physically speaking. But you know, he instilled some levels of self-esteem in me that integrity is more valuable than having material things. Instilled that discipline. And I always remember him. I always remember. I remember some time ago, we were children, and you know, there was plenty of money in the house. You understand what I mean? And something had to be done. Then he said, But I have some money in the house, but it's not mine. And then my mom said, Which money? Then maybe you can use it later, you refund it. Then he started explaining what the money was. He said, There was a time he was coming out of his office, and he saw this money on the floor. And I he picked it and went from office to office around the vicinity, asking who has lost money so they can give it to <laughs> him. And nobody said he's lost money. So he kept it in his bag for over one year. And every day he takes his bag to the office, waiting that somebody will pass and say, I lost some money here. And nobody was coming. And over one year, and that was the money he mentioned that he had. We say, ah, daddy, let's use the money. Nobody owns it. But, you know, that was some level of discipline that entered into my spirit. Praise the Lord. That is the work of fathers. Don't you think so? Fathers build up children that will face a future of challenges and they will come out on Because the quality of people that they have become will not make challenges of life to disturb them. I remember when my daughter went to KNUST some years ago. You know what I'm talking about. And then I was talking to one of my seniors in the ministry, the bishop. Then he said, what church is your daughter attending on campus? Then I mentioned the church. You know, I shouldn't mention it here. Then he said, oh, I hope you'll be there all day. They've taken your daughter from you. Meaning they've taken your daughter from your ministry. You know, because he looks as my ministry, a small ministry, and then the ministry she's attending. When you enter there, you don't come out home. They will do everything. If you have to marry there, they will marry you there so that you remain there. I hope you Then I said, Oh, if I hear me, yamedi. I said, She will take them from their church. And then looked at me, what do you mean? I said, I know what I've put in here. You get it? I had confidence that nobody listens to what I teach. Who loves me? You know, some people will be here and I'm teaching, but they are not hearing. Because you need to love someone to hear. And so when you see people go, they came with a load of information in their minds that what I'm teaching doesn't penetrate. They have things already there. But if you have an open mind, a free mind that is listening, I'm sure you will not just move out of here. Because what you are hearing, you may not hear it in many places. I'm not saying you won't hear it anywhere, but you may not hear it in many places. Soon my daughter will be calling me, said the shepherds in the church he is, they've been coming to her for scriptures to use to preach. And when they have issues, they come to her to counsel them. I said, you see, <laughs> you see, it might be a small church, but there is solid quality knowledge. After a while, she said, ah, this church that is a big church and your shepherds are rather depending on me, then why don't I start success Chapel? So she was the first to start success Chapel on campus, in K-I-U-S-T. Do you know why? The work of a father is responsibility. You take responsibility for your children and make sure that they become the kind of people you want them to be. Am I saying something? It's very, very important. Those of us who have not become fathers, take this as an apple. And when you die and go, they will be telling people about you. Your name will not die when you put things into the lives of other men. Jesus said, I am a good, the good, not a dead. The Lord is my shepherd. I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. If that is the only place he said it, we say maybe he had a slip of tongue. But in verse 14, he repeated the same thing. Hallelujah, verse 14. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known of mine. You should get to the level where you say, my children know me, and I know them. That is the work of a responsible father. The responsible father. Praise the Lord. A good father is a responsible father. And you know, it's always good to understand the word, even though you'll be using it all the time you may not have zeroed into understand the word what is responsible having the job or duty of doing something or taking care of somebody or something so that you may be blamed if something goes wrong responsible you get the point having the job or duty of doing something or taking care of somebody or something so that you may be blamed if something goes wrong so a, a, a father should take the blame when his children go bad am I saying something you know you, it's, a, it's a common balance as for pastor's children they always spoil is it not all, all over the place I understood that. And that is why I ensured that from day one, all my children, Joshua was drumming at the age of six or so. And then the people in the church would come and stand up and be looking. Small boy drumming. Then Joshua just taking the skills and enjoying the fame. He started at the age, I think, five. At the age of five. You see, so when you pull your children to do. What you do, it makes it easy for you to be a responsible father. And it makes it easy for them to love you because what you are doing, they are involved. The pastors who have those challenges are the pastors when they are going to church, they leave their children at home to play video game. Praise the Lord. I'm not condemning anybody, but I'm telling you my style. Praise the Lord. Did I say something? So responsibility goes with carrying the weight of the family on your shoulder. That is what is called responsibility. When your children have not eaten, and you have fried rice, salad, and you you, you have a toothpick, praise the Lord. In the course of the week, a mother came to my daughter's school and came for the child. And then I got to know that she's a single mother. And then I was told that she has two other sons. I said, ah, where are the fathers of those ones? Even this one is not the same father with the other, but all the three children uh, with the woman. I said, ah, but these men are irresponsible. But I finished saying it before the Holy Spirit said, shut up. You don't know the story. Don't judge. Then I told Holy Spirit quietly inside me, Lord, I'm sorry. But you know, what I saw immediately, aren't they interested in the growth of their children? There's a song that says, If he carry the weight of the world upon his shoulder. You know the song? I know my brother, he will carry you. Fathers carry the weight of the family upon their shoulder. But I think that song is not very appropriate for our God because the world is not so heavy that he will put it on his shoulder. Because the world is like a drop of water. So he can't put it on his shoulder. He carried the weight of the world upon his finger. I know my brother that he will carry. What I'm just trying to say is fathers carry the weight of the family upon their shoulders. When anything goes wrong, it is fathers we look for. Where's a father? You know, you know the the accounts have a palace. Berman nifye, meaning there's no man in the house. So that is a work of men in the house. Men in the house. When a man is in the house, it means things go right. Praise the Lord. Somebody say the responsible father. Oh, say it again, the responsible father. Oh, shout it, the responsible father. You know when Jesus was going to be arrested? And they came, and they said, we seek, we seek uh, Jesus. And they said, here am I. And then what happened? They went back and fell. It happened three times. In John chapter 18, and verse 8. And Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. Then he said what? If therefore you seek me, what? Let these go their way. Who is he talking about? The disciples. Meaning, don't harm them. Just deal with me. That is how fathers behave. Fathers will not go and hide. Irresponsible father. Go and hide. He, he owes somebody. The person comes. He goes, go He's telling he the child. Go and tell him I'm not at home. The father is hiding. Number 1, you have reduced the self-esteem of your child. That my father is a hiding man. He doesn't have what it takes to face challenge. He hides. And then you have also told him that you can lie when you have problem. And it is good to be a debtor and be hiding. But they didn't know they thought they were saving themselves irresponsible. Praise the Lord. Jesus said, leave this once. It is me you are looking for. That is what fathers do. They take the pain. They take the shame. And they protect the children. They protect the family. Father. Am I saying something? That is the work of who? A father. Remember David. David did something. Then God was angry. God asked him, what do you want? What punishment? You want to fall into the hand of your enemies to deal with you? Or oh, you want to fall into the hand of God to do. And he said, ah, I'll fall into the hand of God. though. Why? Because with him, there is mercy. Your father will not beat you to kill you. Huh? Why is beating you? He's crying for you. Eh, eh, I told you don't to do. I told you. He's, he's paining you. Is paining him. They must beat you. You get the point? He beats you with love. It wouldn't break your head. So God decided he would punish David and then he started from the children of Israel. And as he was punishing, God opened David's eye. I'm sure God was looking at the kind of father David would be. Opened his eyes to see the angel who was dealing with the people. And David said, oh, by God, it is me who did this thing? Why you? these people are innocent? Let it be me who suffer it. That is what. A father. Second Samuel, chapter twenty-four, from verse fifteen. So the Lord sent the pestilence upon the, upon Israel from the morning even to the time appointed, and there died of the people from Dan even to Beersheba seventy thousand men. And when the angel stretched out his hand upon Jerusalem to destroy it, the Lord repented him of the evil and said to the angel that destroyed the people, It is enough. Stay now, thy hand. And the angel of the Lord was by the pressing place of Aruna the Jebusite. And David spake unto the Lord when he saw the angel that smote the people and said, Lo! I have sinned. And I have done wickedly. But these sheep. That means I am a shepherd. Right? But these sheep. What have they done? Let thy hand, I pray thee. Be against me and against my father's house. Praise the Lord. What is David doing? Behaving as a responsible leader. Behaving as a responsible king. Behaving as a responsible father, he takes the pain, he takes the blame, and let the people enjoy life. That is a good father. I believe I'm arriving at something. Do you know why Jacob had issues? He lived a life of irresponsibility. When he saw ghost hunting, Jacob will always be inside. Lazy man. He had a smooth skin. Unscratched. <laughs> you understand what I mean? Read the Bible, you will see. Smooth skin. Because Esau goes to the bush, attacks animals, animals scratch him, we scratch him. This guy, Mama Ba, always inside. And then be taking some bad advices from the mother. You know, she, he, he's been taking that. You now I see mothers can be partial sometimes because he knew when he was giving birth to the two, it was told her that the younger will be. So he's already taking sides. I'm sure when Jacob does anything, he doesn't tell him. But when he's a bad boy, see your head like your father's own. But when when when, when uh, Jacob does. Don't do that again. You know your mother loves you. Ask the mothers, they will tell you. (laughs) When when you are not his child, everybody will know. Everybody. And if you are his child, everybody will know. Praise the Lord. So that was what was happening to Jacob. And he grew up to become an irresponsible man. He stole his brothers, he didn't even have conscience. When the mother said, do it, he said, oh, no, 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 no. Ah. He says, my brother, I can't do that. His success is my success. Why should I want yeah He had been taking bad advice oh, until that day, and he took the last bad advice. And when he took it, he ran away. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And then the day of reckoning came. He's going to meet his brother. Because he has been an irresponsible man from the beginning, he's always looking for a cunning way to escape. You know what he did? He arranged his family. He put the less important to him in front and then left Gab. Then put another one, left Gab. And he stayed behind. He said, let's go. <laughs> if Esau comes and strike this one, we can run away. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Please, the Bible is a very good book. When you read it, you become responsible. Praise the Lord. Genesis chapter 32. Let's read verse 6 to 7. And the messengers returned to Jacob saying, We came to thy brother, and also he cometh to meet thee. And four hundred men with him. He said, You are in trouble today. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. And what did he do? He divided the people that was with him, and the flock, and the heads, and the camels, in two bands. First arrangement. Read from verse 17 to 19 for me. From verse 17, I just want to jump because of the time. And he commanded the foremost, saying, When Esau, my brother, met thee and asked thee, saying, Whose art thou? Whither goest thou? And whose are these before thee? Then shalt thou say, They be thy servant. Now he's a servant too. Thy servant, Jacob's. It is a present sent unto my Lord Esau. And behold, also he is behind us. And so commanded he the second and the third. So they are in bounds. First, second, third. And all that followed the draw, saying, On this manner shall ye speak unto Esau. When ye find him. Please jump to 33 for me. And we read from verse 1. And Jacob lifted up his eyes. And looked, and behold, Esau came. And with him, 400 men. And he divided the children unto Leah. You know, he didn't like Leah so much. That's not who he wanted to marry, right? Divided the children unto Leah and unto Rachel and unto the two handmaids. And he put the maidens and their children, what? Foremost. And Leah and her children after. And Rachel and Joseph most, and he stayed behind. (laughs) Bad man. Verse 4. And Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him and they wept. The story changed. But let me tell you why the story changed. In the night, he wrestled with God. He prayed, God, don't let my fear become a reality. God, I've made a huge mistake thanks to my mother. But don't let my fear become a reality. Lord, help me. He wrestled. The thigh bone removed. He he continued to wrestle. So he had power with God and with man in the prayer room. And so physically, he won. His weakness notwithstanding, Esau cooled down. Your enemies will cool down after this exercise. Your enemies will cool down after this exercise. But you see, he didn't behave responsibly. Did I say something? So, it is very good as you grow, especially for the men, as you grow, learn to be responsible. And being responsible means taking your blame from when you are small. Take blame, don't shift blame. And if you are in a group, And something goes wrong. Take it. Take it. That's how to be responsible. If they have to punish somebody, let them punish me. That is what fathers do. That is why wives should respect their husbands. While I was studying, the Holy Spirit gave me two R's. He said the two R's that make relationship go well. Relationship is also R, right? The first R is for the women, respect. And the second R is for the men, responsible. The man has to be responsible. The woman has to respect. The man has to take pain and shame of the family. The woman has to praise the man for doing that. Are you getting what I'm saying? When that is not observed, you have a chaotic home. What a man sees as love from a woman is what? Respect. What a woman sees as love from a man is attention and gift. Gift and attention. GA. They are guns. <laughs> Gift and attention. Praise the Lord. So women, please... Once you decide that you are going to marry, know that you are going to marry the one you can respect. Not the one that you say, it be. Mm? Your, your husband. You insult him. Talk to him anyhow. You are not fit to be his wife. Because what qualifies you in that relationship is what? Respect. Respect. When you disgrace your husband... You don't qualify to be a wife. What makes you honorable is when you put honor on your man. Because it's your head. When your head is dishonored, who are you? You are dishonored. So when everybody sees your head as a useless man, it means you are a useless woman. Because he sleeps with you. A useless man sleeps with a useless woman. A good man sleeps with a good woman. Is it not true? So, if you say, my husband is a useless man, then who are you? Especially when you have children. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, this is the strength of relationship. Man being responsible, woman being respectful. We are the women of God. So, what do we do? We respect him, and he is the man in the relationship. What does he do? He's responsible. Wow. Wow. That was Pastor Franz, the apostle of diversity. For more of Pastor Franz's messages, you can also subscribe to Diversity Broadcasting Network on YouTube. Jesus is God Almighty.